0: welcome to mondo and friends presented by Verizon my name is mondo fresco and I'm here today joined by legend dairy actor representing PR baby Puerto Rico Luis Guzmán Luis how are you
1: I'm good Papa saludo happy to be here man
0: man so so happy I, right before we started I, I thank you for coming it's it's a uh, it's an honor to have you here on mondo and friends and' We've all been big fans of yours for, for many, many years, man. And so, so thank you for that. Good afternoon. So I want to take it from when you first started your career to where you are now. So before Carlitos Way, before Wednesday, before any of that ever came to fruition or was a thing, I want to take it back to where you grew up. Greenwich. I want to talk about NY. New York. I want to talk about Puerto Rico. Do you remember the first time when any recollection of I want to do this, I want to get into theater or acting or TV, become an actor? Do you remember
1: that first time? It's interesting because I was never dreaming of this. I was never pursuing this. I never went to sleep thinking about this or waking up about this. It's was a total accident. Wow. Um, I had done street theater in New York, but that was with friends. It was a hobby, you know? Uh, somebody would write something, hey, you want to do these eight different characters? Yeah. You know, it was stuff for fun, you know? Um There were a couple independent movies that happened Mm -hmm. When an independent movie Was truly an independent movie I would get a role But it was always Just doing a favor for a friend It wasn't about pursuing a dream I was a social worker Yeah And I was working with teenagers on the Lower East Side Of New York City Over at a place called Henry Street Settlement I uh One day went out into the street looking for two young people that didn't show up. And I ran into a friend of mine, Miguel Pinero, who had wrote Short Eyes, a play. That got like a lot of awards. He wrote it when he was in prison. Wow. So I go out into the street. I'm looking for these two young people. And uh, I run across Miguel, Mikey. I had not seen Mikey in like three years. So he started telling me about, he's writing for this TV show, they're gonna to come to New York, they're gonna be looking for people. Take down this phone number, Lou. See if you could get a part. I said, nah, nah, I'm okay. No, no, no. For real, see, nah, bro, really, I'm cool. I gotta find these kids. No, here, take this number. Call, make an appointment. I call, make an appointment. I get called in to an audition. I audition. I got three lines. God knows how many hours I waited, you know, to go in to say these three lines. I go in, the casting director goes, kill me with your eyes. Uh, I'm looking at the sides, and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I I don't see what I said that, kill me with And she goes, no, kill me with your eyes. You mean like, give you a mean look? She goes, yeah. Give a mean look, she goes, thank you. I leave there, I said, yo, that that was weird, man. So I blew it off, because mm-hmm. I don't understand this industry. A week later, I get a phone call. Yo, the producer and the director wants to meet you. Okay, I go in, I read with Miguel. The director asks me to step out of the room. He comes out, and said, yo, let me ask you something. Do you ever smile? They go, yeah, I smile. They go, thank you. I leave. I go, yo, this is weird. Kill me with your eyes. Do I ever smile? So I blew it off, right? Yeah. Third week comes. I got a phone call. Hi, my name is Richard. I represent Miguel Pinero. Like, I'm his agent. And I would like to represent you. I go, why? What did I do? <laughs> I said, no, no, no. You just book a co-starring part in the season premiere. Of Miami Vice Wow That was like my first thing that I did And in doing that All I wanted to get out of it Was enough money to buy me a used car So I could drive to the beach on the weekends So that I didn't have to take the subway and the bus Got the car My friend totaled it the next day oh. Anyway Anyway oh, gosh. That was my introduction To The world of entertainment to being an actor. Um, I did it, I went back to work. Because again, I didn't understand, but this agent guy kept sending me out for stuff. I was doing soap operas, I was doing, you know, little character things. But for me, that it was subsidizing my salary mm. as a social worker. Um, so it was soon after that that my buddy uh, Bill Mitchell, who worked with me, he was a job developer at Henry Street in our program. He recommended me to his acting teacher, so I went in I studied with this guy for two years um It was a way of me sharpening my skills, yeah, you know yeah, and um that's pretty much how I got my start again it wasn't something that I was dreaming about. it happened, I ran with it what do you make out of it that most people
0: in 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 their lives and that want to be in 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 entertainment they go for it like they like you said they they go to sleep thinking of it they wake up thinking of it for you it seems like it was the other way around the
1: craft sort of chased you like do you do you think about that sometimes yeah well you know what happened with me was Man, I was just so blessed to work on really cool projects And one of the projects that I worked on was <clears throat> Very early on was a movie called Family Business with Sean Connery Dustin Hoffman And Matthew Boderick. But the thing about that project was, was Directed by Sidney Lumet mm-hmm. Which if you know anything about the history of Sidney Lumet He's one of the greatest acti- actors, directors of all time, and so, um, it was through him that he hooked me up with his next film, which was a movie called Q and A, so here I am working with Timothy Hutton, Armand Asante, Nick Nolte, you know, a whole slew, Charlie Dutton, a whole slew of great actors. It was in that project that Sydney's assistant director. And it was the first time I ever worked on a movie from beginning to end. Mm. That was a really cool thing, right? Um, I forget his name because it was 400 years ago. Oh, no, his name was Bert. I forget Bert's last name. But at one point, at the end, Bert says to me this He goes, You know, as far as acting goes, remember one thing? Your life is your reference. Mm. You know, because that stood out to me in the sense of your life is your reference, meaning I know how to have this conversation. Yeah. I don't have to act it. Yeah. I just converse. I know how to cry. I know how to laugh. I know what makes me feel good. I know what makes me feel bad. I know what it feels like to be frustrated. Yeah. I know what it is to be. In not a good situation with somebody, so this is your life, so you use all those references when you go to work as an actor, yeah because you know sometimes it's like i find I find the mistake to say okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna act like I'm happy mm-hmm. no, i'm gonna be happy, yeah, I'm not gonna act like i'm gonna be happy, i'm gonna be sad, i'm gonna be loving." I'm gonna be a, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Because when Bert told me that, that to this day, I'll tell young people that are up and coming in the act, life is your reference. Use it. It's a tool.
0: What would you say? Was the reaction from your family when you told them that you wanted to to get
1: into acting, into entertainment? Ooh, my mother, my mother, was like, "I no, 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 no. You have a good job. Stay working there. You're good. No, I, no, 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 no. And I knew better than to listen to mom at that point. <laughs> like mom, mom wanted me to to become an accountant, have a house with a two car garage, two kids, a wife, a dog, a cat, and it's like mom." I'm a rebel Yeah You know I go against I go against the tide Um, But once she saw What I was accomplishing She was very Proud of me I mean I'm her trophy Pretty much You know God bless my mother Her name is Ana Rosa And she still works 83 years old Wow and beautiful She still works at the hospital so when I visit her at the hospital, she's like walking around like with a trophy. Yeah. This is my son, the actor. Bye I'm like, oh <laughs> man, you know. But um, you know, my family's really proud. Yeah, of me. You know, um, acting. Uh, you know, there, there's two sides to it. There's the side of you're very successful, mm-hmm. and then the side that sometimes you struggle with that not too many people talk about. And that is like when you're raising a family and being away from them and missing out on things, you know, uh, that's the dark side somewhat. Yeah. yeah. You know, because my kids are really proud of what I accomplish, but it's taken away from seeing them grow up. Yeah. You know, and and as I kept going and going in the business, I had to like tell producers or line producers and stuff. Okay, listen, my kid's birthday's on this day, so I gotta fly home and stuff like that. And sometimes they would get it, and sometimes they didn't. Mm. You know, sometimes you would come across somebody who would say, "All right, yeah, I got kids," so you know, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but um, there's nothing wrong with success, but people need to understand that you take a hit sometimes yeah and sometimes the hit is you know you got to kind of compromise work with your family or family with work you know
0: do you believe in in a work-life balance do you think that that exists Hey, Mondo here. Right now, you deserve the network more people rely on. That's why Verizon is introducing Welcome Unlimited for just $30 per line per month with four lines and auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Their best price unlimited plan ever. $30 per month for the whole familia. The network you want, the price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Visit verizon.com slash Mondo. Do you believe in In a work
1: life balance Do you think that That exists Um It's very possible For it To exist Just that you have to Um That's something that you have to Call upon Yeah From the people that you're working with Yeah You know sometimes You're on the other side of the world So you like You're there You know you're not Gonna fly home for two or three days, unless it's an urgent situation. In
0: in the craft that you do, is it possible to or was it ever a thing for you to fly your family to to where you? All work? the time. Yeah. Oh
1: man, I used to travel with five kids by myself. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, um, one thing I will say about my children, which are all young adults now, is that they were. Phenomenal travelers And it's like I would have a family meeting with them And they would What are talking about? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year olds You know, because it's five of them And say, Okay Pop, number one Number one Is there a pool where we're going? I said, oh man, let me call up But Pop, you know, because see you no know white swimming pool No Obama. we're staying right here We're home It's okay, okay, give me a second that there pool? There's a pool. Yeah, we're going! Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, you know, my kids were not the kind of kids that the TV was a babysitter. You know, yeah. my kids were the kind of kids that liked to go hiking, that did artwork, that loved museums, that loved going to see plays, that would visit me on set just to find out where craft service was, you know, yeah. load up. Okay, Pop, we're out. Bye. See you later. You know, um, so I, I, I've always loved having them around, you know. I had three with, um, of them with me when I was shooting Boogie Nights. Oh, wow. And they visit, visited me in West Covina, and we were shooting inside the house, and they were, they were four, two, and six months old. And so the, the two- and the four-year-old would be in, in the swimming pool. So when they were here rolling, they came out of the pool. (laughs) And then when they yelled, cut, they would go. They wouldn't jump back into the pool. They were like, (laughs) kind of quietly go into the pool. You know, so I I was impressed by that.
0: Yeah. Uh, How old is your your oldest
1: and your youngest now? Uh, Semi is 30. Yemaya is 28. Luna is 27. And Yoruba and Margarita are 26. I adopted four of those children. Wow, that's beautiful. That is
0: amazing. If your your kids want to follow
1: their dad's footsteps... It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why, why? Why do you say that's that? There's not really a why. It's just that they each have their own personalities. They want to do what they want to do. Um, I never... Push them to get into acting, yeah. or into entertainment. Although my oldest son is an up-and-coming film producer, documentary producer. Uh, you know, my daughter does some stuff in the industry on the costume end. And and uh, you know, my other three kids—they're artists. Like all my kids are artists. They—they're creative. They—they—they yeah. they, they paint. They write poetry. They compose music. You know, and this is all stuff that they do on their own. Uh, My job as a dad is to be encouraging, uh, support them. You know, in their pursuit of their dreams. Yeah, but I would, I would never tell. You know, uh, my kids. I'm grateful were never jaded. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they knew when to step off. They love traveling. I love them traveling with me because, you know, they get to learn other things, see different cultures, try different foods, you know. And more than anything, be with Pops, you know. When we shot Journey to the Mysterious Island, we were in Hawaii, and they came out for 10 days. And one of those days, it happened to be Thanksgiving. And me and my kids, we went to a shelter, and we prepared meals wow for homeless people and that's how we spent that morning and they were all into it and they were i was so proud of them you know it wasn't a question of like oh man then no you know or um stuff that i've done done with my kids is um sometimes we will go have a meal and we got leftovers we're driving around looking for somebody to give our food to yeah you know that's that's yeah. you know that's that's who we are they have a big heart I have to. Yeah. You
0: know, you've you've done so many films, TV shows, series, you know, just a few that I'm going to name. Carlitos Way, Boogie Nights, Anger Management, The Bone Collector, and so on and so on and so on and so on. What would you say that you feel is your biggest break? That first biggest break?
1: I think my biggest break... Uh, As far as film goes Probably was a movie called Q&A Because it was Right before Carlito's way Mm -hmm. But I say Q&A because It was the first time that I got to work on a movie From beginning to end Yeah, That I got to work with Amazing actors And working with a great actor, I mean, director Sidney Lumet, you know? And, um, cause I learned a lot. I learned a lot of how not to act, cause Sidney would instill that in us, you know? Um, and then, and then the next level up from that was when I did Carlito's way. Yeah because everybody loves a good gangster film. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a dream for me to work with a guy like Al Pacino. I mean, Al Pacino did the movie Dog Day Afternoon. He did Serpico. I mean, to me, those were his staples, Mm -hmm. as far as movies go, you know?
0: You mentioned uh, that you you were told how not to act. Do you mean like in in the in the craft way an acting way, or oh, no or, it's
1: always in the craft way, always in the craft way, yeah, always in the craft way, because the thing about the thing about acting, you know once you get to a certain level, you find yourself really not acting but actually doing it, mm. you know what I mean, and in order to get to that, it takes years, you know uh. I did a movie called Confidence, mm-hmm. and I had already been acting for like I don't know, seventeen years. I watched that movie and I watched myself. Took me seventeen years for me to say that one thing. Damn, Lou, you're good. <laughs> wow, you, wow, you impressed me. You know, took me seventeen years to say that to myself. Wow. You know, wow. but I appreciated that. Yeah. You know, because again, me working the craft, me getting into the craft, me understanding it, me growing with it, being believable, mm-hmm. being honest. Those were the things that I was always striving to do. And like I said, I, I forget what scene it was. I think it was a scene with Andy Garcia and and uh, Donald Logue, and I watched it and I was convinced I said, damn, Papa You're really good But again, 17 years Wow it, it, You know it,
0: Things are different when you're Your worst or toughest Critic And I feel like it, was, it took you 17 years to, to really feel like, man I'm, I'm doing something right here Like yeah. th- That means you really were A student of of your craft and and aim for for top quality uh you mentioned you watch that film do you i know there's some some actors that that don't watch their work do
1: you watch everything you do um i'll watch i watch at least 90 to 95 percent of what i do that's good yeah like to study it to for, for what to just watch it to be entertained by it um I think prior to those 17 years, I was studying it. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I should have done this this way, or, you know, I could have had this choice of stuff. Um, but it took me that long, you know, but once, once I, uh, I just discovered that, oh wow, I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah So when you discover That you're really good at it does How does that change Your, your life Your career
1: um, Your confidence level uh, The trust that you have In yourself You know Because You got to trust that You're conveying Your message You're conveying That character So in doing that um, for me, like I say, I just, you know, it's like a new discovery. Yeah. Yeah. About yourself. And it's never about being cocky. It's never about you know it all. Yeah. It's about you have enough confidence in yourself that you're capable of doing everything, anything. Um. I did a movie called The Count of Monte Cristo. They flew me to Ireland. I'm hanging out with Irish, Scottish, English actors. I mean, very fine, you know, use of the English language. Yeah, Here's a kid coming from the low East Side, <laughs> Latino. And all these other cats And I'm like So I'm hearing them speak in their proper English and And I'm like Oh man I gotta do that I'm trying to get it in my head So uh, My very first day of shooting uh, The director Kevin Reynolds I do the first take and I go Yes my dear lord what would you like me To do with cut 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 Kevin, what are you doing? Um All those guys are talking like this. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, No, 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 no. You're the only guy that don't need to talk like that in this movie. You know, do you? Yep. That's what I want. And I go, That's easy. <laughs> and that's how I did that character. It was a character of respect. It was a survivor A hustler A confidant That's how I Pursued that And like I say it was pretty cool that I had, I Didn't have to do that You know like okay I dodge one there um, But I understood the character more You know um, Because when I tell When I tell the count I am your man forever mm-hmm. To me that was I got your back forever, yeah, you know that's paraphrasing, yeah
0: did you or or do you ever find yourself in a position like you, you know you were in Ireland uh, or other places like it, I don't know, events, um, movie sets where you're like look around and and think,
1: man, like, how did I get here all the time this moment? All the time I pinch myself Every day Till this day I say wow Look at where I am Look at, look at what I'm doing um, To me it's all part of my humbleness You know Because like I said To me it's fresh Yeah. You know uh, I'm like Never a million years Would I have thought That I would come this far That I would have That this would be the longest job I ever had on my resume. Yeah, I did that for 40 years, you know? Um, I've never imagined it. How Um, how long have you been doing it for now? uh, I think Miami Vice was 1985. 37 years. Yeah, longest job I ever had. And, um, you know, it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I never think I've done the same role twice You know I don't cause I don't use my roles as references mm. Like how, how I, I, My life that I use So they are different situations And different scenarios You know um, So You know like I said the fact that I'm sitting here With you right now It's like wow yeah. You know it's a beautiful It's a beautiful thing and, oh, man. and I'm just totally humbled by it man. You, you know because It's like if I wasn't doing this I'd still probably be, be a social worker And be A happy social worker Yeah. Because I always have Love and I have always Enjoyed helping people To help Themselves that was my That was my model You know taking young kids And saying you're not going to be Fourth generation Welfare role in your family You're going to make something of yourself You're going to do something of yourself Let's go I'm going to provide you with the tools I'm going to provide you with knowledge Do something with your life
0: I feel like you have to have A a big heart to be A social worker Fred's wife Is a social worker and you know I think that's uh, Such a beautiful career to, to give back Do you feel now In, in the place that you are in, in your life That you For the 37 Plus years You've carried the, the heart of a social worker
1: Yeah I think that's something That's always been a part of me Yeah I think that's something also that I got from my mom Cause my mom Would give me food to give out to homeless people Yeah As a kid Um, I grew up in a very tough environment On the Lower East Side In the 70s when It looked like a bomb hit the neighborhood And you know I became a community activist Back then I got the opportunity and the blessings To sit next to Cesar Chavez As a teenager when he came to the Lower East Side to give us the knowledge and the education about the United Farm Workers and what their struggle was, you know? Um, so just being a part of those things, that was part of my mantle, you know? Uh, seeing Edward James almost on stage at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City Doing Zoot Suit And playing And playing Pachuco You know I still have the poster from that Wow And Pachuco I told this to Eddie Pachuco became like The spiritual character to me You know It affected me And it was It was a Mexican play Being done in New York City But I got it I understood it I understood the struggle. Yeah. You know, I understood all the stuff that went down with the zoot suits and and the discrimination that they faced. Yeah. You know, so all these elements in my life just kind of gave me all this knowledge. And I mean, I don't know where I'm going with the conversation at this point. So you can bail me out anytime. No, no,
0: you know, I, I, I think, I think it's. We have, we have.
1: <laughs> it's like, Papa, bring me back. Come on, Papi. Where did I go here? I know it said a left turn, but how, how many left turns have I made
0: already? No, I, I, I love that you said, uh, zoot suit because that was huge here in, in, in Los Angeles, you know, Chicano. Yeah. Culture. It was, it was, it was huge that, the you know, Eddie almost what he did the, the film everything, was was a big deal. I'm not
1: aware. Did Zoot suits make it out to the East Coast ever? Yeah, they made did. it to the Winter Garden Theater. And um, back in those times, they didn't have no Latin, Broadway musician. Wow, and so it became a big deal because they were playing the music off the recording. And so, um, I think I saw Zoot Suit like eight times. Wow. Because, also, part of what they were doing, was they were offering $10 tickets to people in the Latin community. Because back then, a theater ticket was like 60, 65 bucks. Wow. That was a a weekly salary to some people. So, you know, um, they tried, and our people in the community, we hooked up with the production, and they say, "Yo, get these tickets—ten dollars a piece for people in the in the community." That's why I was able to see it eight times.
0: What I'm sure you've had a lot of a uh, of full circle moments. You, you talk about watching, you know, Edward James almost doing theater. Now being a a peer, a friend of yours, uh, I'm sure. How many? Or not how many What would you say is is your favorite Full circle moment that stands out for you?
1: Um So my friend Erica Christensen Invited me to A party In I think Beverly Hills or Bel Air And um she gives me this address. I had just finished shooting. I was shooting Lemony Snicket with Jim Carrion. I rushed to my place, took a shower, got the address, started driving there. New York, Latino, playing Tito pu- Puente all the way. Music blaring, I'm looking for the address. I come down the street, I see all these cars, I see on one side of the street, a bunch of people taking pictures. On that side of the street, like valet, I'm looking. Oh, wow, that's the house right there. I get out of the car, and uh, I start walking toward the house. It was somebody's house. Uh, it turned out that it was the producer of Lost in Translation. It was Academy Award weekend, so they were having a party for the movie. So I walk out. And I'm walking toward the house So the the door opens And who's walking out of the house Cher Wow And I'm like oh hey how you doing She goes oh my god I love you Oh wow thank you So there's a lady there she's standing there with uh, The list Of whoever's coming to this party Yeah And so she kind of is about to look at the list She looks at me and says Of course Opens the door I start walking in that this two couples, no, there's this one couple. And they're saying bye to the lady who, the producer. Mm-hmm. She the lady turns around. It's Barbara Streisand and her husband. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? so, 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 so Barbara said hey, hi, Baba. I walk in, I introduce myself to this lady. She and she goes, oh my god, wait, wait, you got Stay for one second. So she comes with this guy. Says, this is my brother. I flew him out. He absolutely loves you. Boom, boom. So, you know, they take me to the backyard. It was like the A-list of the A-list. Wow. And I was like, man, this is really cool. (laughs) You know, if I could only find Erica, because I felt, but I like, Benicio was there. Wow. Jim was there. So it's like a lot of the A-listers that I work with was there, so that was really cool. So that was like, oh wow, you know? But there've been many situations, you know? Um, uh, going to a Laker game and Having Jack Nicholson call me over And people said Jack never calls anybody over Wow Which was pretty cool You know but um, You know Things like You name it You know hanging out with Mark Anthony at a concert You know Meeting Marco Antonio Solis You know Oof, Legend Hanging out with Bruno Mars uh, um, Seeing Um seeing, Chick, uh, you know, Bad Bunny. Yeah, Benito. Stuff like Benito and stuff. Um, just a lot of really cool stuff, you know. Yeah. Or stepping onto a plane, and it's like, you know, the last three flights were delayed or canceled. So now you get on the plane, and you're sitting in the back of the plane, and it's all cool because you just want to get home. But right before the plane takes off, they come, Mr. Gooseman. We have a seat for you in front. They go, for real? No, I don't, no, no, yeah, come. Yeah. You know, so I think it's all humbling, man. Yeah, it's all, man. It's all really cool, you know. Um, but I think that's a big tribute to the work that you put in. It's also, you know, it gets around about who you are and how you handle yourself and how you treat people. You yeah. know, because I think, you know, again, uh, there's the saying... You meet the same people on the way up that you meet on the way down, yeah. And I tell that to like a lot of young people because they gotta hear it, you know. And you know, once you get to a certain level, it's also about maintaining that, you know. Um, um, and sometimes you get to work with a director, writer such as Steve Conrad, <clears throat> who really challenges you with his dialogue with style of writing, you know? And like all of a sudden your brain is like, oh wow, this is different, you know? Um, Because it's too easy to sometimes get a little little lazy. And I never believe in being lazy, and I never believe in being comfortable. Mm. I believe in always taking on the challenge of what you do. because every day is a different day. Every movie is a different movie, every character is a different character, all the dialogue is different, the moments are different, you know. So, it's like you know you gotta gel into that. Sometimes I have to gel into you too. But yeah, what would you say is
0: is the most challenging part of of your career?
1: I I said it before. I think it was balancing my career with my family. Yeah, that was the most challenging.
0: What would you say is the easiest?
1: Showing up every day <laughs> Yeah Here I am, let's go Yeah You know Because um, I would never say the work is easy But showing up is easy Yeah I want to be there Yeah I want to create, I want to work With whoever it is, you know I mean, you know, listen Sometimes that you have your good moments You have wonderful moments you have, like, things that blow your mind. And sometimes you, like, it gets a little rough sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to put somebody in their place. Or you got to really say, yo, I want to try doing it this way. So, but it all works out. Yeah. It all works out. I don't think, you know, um, I don't have any enemies. That's beautiful. In what I do. I don't. Because that's not how I deal with people Or how people deal with me You know, I'm straight up You want to be straight up with me, you know What's on your mind, I'm sorry, did I say something And it bother you I apologize, I didn't mean it that way I couldn't, you know I, I'm I'm that person I'm not there to be hurtful I'm there to be helpful I love that, we had Emilio Rivera
0: Here I love that man He said he loves you too but, uh, and and he was like, "Oh man, I love Luis. I love Luis, man. I think I think it's, it's beautiful to have like camaraderie with, with fellow Latinos."
1: Oh yeah, because you know the thing is that, you know, I always get when when is Hollywood gonna let Latinos in. I don't answer that question no more. I haven't answered that question in years because my whole thing is that when it comes to Latin community, yo, we got we're the ones that gotta prop ourselves up. I'm doing this show with Latinos right now. You know, this is your show. Yep. This is your thing. You know, but guess what? It goes out to the universe, not just Latinos, right? Yep. So when we do Latino projects, it's not about, I'm not, I didn't do the movie Nothing Like the Holidays because I just wanted to show it to Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and Dominicans. Yep. Christmas is a universal thing. Family gatherings is a universal thing. That was what we wanted to to convey in that music, I mean, in that movie, Mm -hmm. and that, to me, is the bigger picture. You see, so, but we gotta back each other up. So, you know, we're talented writers, we're talented actors, musicians, directors, producers, makeup, sound, gaffers, set designers, you name it But we gotta back each other up You know Stop with the Being envious mm-hmm. Stop with being jealous mm-hmm. You know Because I'm gonna show up On the set And that 20 Latinos that I'm working with Guess what I am here to prop you up Yeah. So would you do the same for me too Because we wanna do something here That's beautiful Yeah. You know I'm not here to compete against you, to outdo you. I'm here to compliment you. Compliment me. Let's make this beautiful. Let's let's make sure that people when they see this, they go, yo, that was great. I love the relationship between them. I love this. I love that. That's what we have to be about, you know? And um and and I'll go a step further by saying that all those people out there they have that dinero, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, I want to make movies, step up, make movies, let's go. You know? Um, uh, I think the biggest thing, also, uh, there are too many backstabbers. And I call them out. <laughs> I call them out yeah. because they're not doing any justice. To our community Yeah You know Don't say you could do something And you don't do it You know Don't hype Something And then you don't come through Yep You know Don't say you want to be a part of this And then I'm asking So what's your purpose? Yeah I want to be honest What
0: would you say is The biggest misconception Of Luis Guzmán
1: you're going to love this <laughs> I could have owned Disney Fox Studios Paramount And Universal For every person That came up to me That said I love you and Ghost If I got a nickel From every person That has Come up And said that to me I will own all those studios by now because that's been the biggest misconception that i was in the movie ghost yo why why did you kill patrick swayze you know it got it got to the point it got to the point i'm not kidding wow that people yo, i love you and go thank you thank you you just say thank you now thank you (laughs) you don't even you don't even correct them. i swear to god i say thank you And then people, yo, what was it like working with Whoopi? Hey, Whoopi's Whoopi, man. (laughs) You know? Yo, why'd you kill Patrick Swayze? It was in the script. (laughs) You know? Funny story. I was in Detroit on my way to the Philippines. 90 year old lady, 90 year old lady, because I asked her, how old are you? She goes, she goes, she comes up to me, oh my God, I love you and girls. So I felt really bad, Yeah, you know? And I go, ma'am, I'm sorry, I, w- I wasn't in Ghost. And she goes, so what else have I seen you in? Because I watch movies all the time. Yeah. And I said, have you ever seen The Count of Monte Cristo? And she goes, oh my God, I love that movie. It was shot so beautiful. I said, well, I was jackable in that movie. No, you weren't. <laughs> From that moment on. Anybody, I love you and go. thank you, thank you <laughs> I'm not explaining nothing to nobody yeah. So that, I think I think by far that has been The biggest misconception You know, I mean the only other thing That I could think about Some people think I'm Mexican Some people think I'm Cuban Colomb- I mean, listen I am every single Latin Country You know And stuff like that, so
0: Yeah I mean, you represent us well yeah. I, think, I think
1: people, you know, just
0: correlate with that
1: You know, I mean I'll be honest with you, in the beginning In the be- beginning, yeah. you know I, I You know, I used to do these these roles And they were Mexican You know, and it was like Um For a time, I thought I was doing a disservice Man, you know Because I said, yo, you you guys couldn't find them, you know But, um I did the roles, I honored them, and, um, you know, but I always honored every community that I've worked with. Yeah, You know, like I say, you know, when Zuzu came, that was a Mexican production, but, man, I believed in it. I yeah. believed in it to the T, you know? Um, you know, I played Cuban, you name it. Yeah. You know, but I think I think being a Latino, Makes me universal mm.
0: That's a bar right there, I love that Yeah, you know, and, and you're, you're, very, you're very loved by Not just the Latino community, by the world You know, you, you are The Luis Guzman brand is, is universal And including social media uh, Something I love is, is your, your Instagram And your Instagram handle Where did the name for your IG come from? Louis from the Hood?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I love being different. You know, um, I just just didn't want to mix it and just put Luis Guzman because there's like 300 Luis Guzmans out there. (laughs) So I said, so what are you going to do? So I even wrote Louis Different L O U E Y, yeah, from the hood, and that just stuck. Was that your nickname at one point, or no? That what? Was that your nickname at one point in your life, or, or never? What Louis from the hood? Yeah, no man, but nah. I knew I was from the hood. <laughs> you know, but it, but it, but it also it was also my way of paying paying homage that I am from the hood. Yeah, yeah, you know, Louis from the hood. And I take pride in that, you know, because I grew up on the Lower East Side. I was there when it was nothing but, uh, sacrificing to provide better housing for our people, uh, better education for our kids, better health care, better mental health care for our people, and at the same time, battling the politicians. Battling the drug dealers, the catos, you know, um, because uh, uh, again, again, it's 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 the hood that made me. All those experiences, that all those funerals, that made me. When we got hit with AIDS, my neighborhood on the Lower East Side, we had the highest per capita of AIDS cases in the country, wow. you know? That going to three, four, five funerals a week at, at at the peak of when AIDS hit, but nobody knew what was happening, you know? Having to hug someone that had AIDS that you grew up with because their family kicked them out. Man. But their family didn't understand the disease, you know? And, 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 and hearing someone like Carmen say, "Yo, can I get a hug? Absolutely. You know, because I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had like a lot of love. Yeah. And if I'm going to get inflicted by it, but you know, that never happened. Yeah. You know, so my neighborhood, my people taught me a lot. And that's what I always carried with me, you know, um. And, and you know, just seeing all the changes that have gone on. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you about Boyle Heights. Yeah. The Lower East Side. You know, Humboldt Park. All these neighborhoods that were once all truly Latino and families now all being gentrified. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You know. Um, but that's a real thing, too. Yeah. That's a real thing, you know, that that, you know, before... You can my first studio apartment in New York City. I pay 175 dollars a month for that apartment. Wow. Now it's like 2250, and it's still the same size apartment, you know. And it's like back in the day, it would take one paycheck to cover your rent and your electric bill and your phone bill. One paycheck, so that means you had three other paychecks. And you could save your money, have a good life, go out, do your thing, you know. Now, you need three jobs. Yeah. Just to cover your rent. Yeah. You see? And that's where this world. Listen, man, you know, I'm here in L.A., I drive around, I see all the street people, I see all the tents. It's like something is not right. Yeah. You know? I see it in L.A., Chicago, New York, Austin, Texas, Miami, Atlanta, you name it. I look at these things. Yeah, I'm an actor, I have a good life, but I also see what's going on in this society that we live in, and um, and I, I feel that not enough is being done, mm-hmm. and so, I speak out against those things. Matter of fact, some years ago, I went homeless for three days in the streets of New York. And I lived in the street. I slept in the street one night. Another night I slept in the homeless shelter. I did it from beginning to end. Being homeless is not a happy thing. Everything is hard. Everything is cold. You got to figure out Where you gonna take a dump? What you gonna eat? Yeah. You know, is it safe to sleep here? You know, I did that. I did that because I wanted to put a face on it. I wanted to do that because, you know, sometimes you gotta put yourself out there on behalf of humanity. Yeah. You know, I wasn't trying to show anybody up. No, man. It's like yo, this is a tough place to be, and and I've had friends that say, yeah, man, there's this lady, and she's sleeping in her car with her three kids, yeah. and so here in America, we don't address those things. Yeah, we don't address mental health. We really don't. You know, drug addiction is. Rampant In this country Homelessness yeah. Why are we not addressing these things Yeah, You know I don't need a committee of 30 people I don't need a committee of 30 experts Because those Experts get to go home Every night yeah. and take a nice hot Shower What I need is doers You know People that say we're going to provide Mental health assistance To these people You know, I don't mean to get into this, but you know, it's it's important. It's not about it's not about just giving stuff away. Yeah. You know, get people right. Give them an education, a good education. You know. Let them get some kind of a job, but housing has to be affordable. You know, not subsidized, affordable. Yeah. You
0: see. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hear you talking about community a lot and, and and humanity, right? Um which which seems um just the bare minimum for for any human, right? To care about others. Uh but it seems like you're you're very passionate and and uh vocal about it. Do you ever or have you ever thought about you yourself Being in, in politics Or something like that um,
1: I have mm-hmm. Just that Listen if I was going to do anything in politics It would probably be in Puerto Rico Where I come from Because right now Puerto Rico is in the midst of This crisis of gentrification mm-hmm. All these outsiders are coming in They're buying all the beachfront properties, you know. All the Airbnbs in Puerto Rico, the majority of them are not owned by Puerto Ricans. And then you have corrupt politicians, you know. Who would, you know, um, run for governor of Puerto Rico? I've been asked to do that, you know. But I tell you what, people will hate me. not. The politicians who hate me but I get rid of every single Corrupt politician You know um, Right now there's this whole situation with Luma mm. Which is the power authority Every day the lights go out Every day Puerto Rico is right there on the equator Why ain't we Encouraging more solar Plants Right You know The sun is free down there <laughs> you know, but again, what happens is, outside people come in, they're running the companies, the money is not staying there, you know. So, Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans, got to get on it, you know. We got to come together, as a people. Yeah. Start our own solo companies, make it affordable, you know. Yeah, you know what? Anybody could come to Puerto Rico. We love people coming. And every time people come to Puerto Rico, oh, the people are beautiful, people are great, all no, this, no, the food, the dancing, you know, the mojitos, no, this, no, that, the beaches, you know. But the thing is that um, the island is being sold. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I regret that happening uh before we we started rolling uh I brought
0: up that uh I brought up the the Bad Bunny concert in in PR in in Puerto Rico uh which you told me something I didn't know that he had these these generator trucks yeah because
1: because the 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 power goes out yeah man the power goes out you know and and uh he's been very outspoken about the power authority has been other people, so uh, it's really unfortunate because like I said, you know you know you know what that is, man that Maria hit and some people did not have running water or electricity for a year for a year. What does that tell you that the authorities, the government no preparation... No forward thinking, you know? I had a whole plan. I said hurricane comes, boom. We're sending people out to these spots, we're sending them out with generators, with four wheelers, with horses, with water, with medics, electricians, you know? Like like uh like a battalion. Yeah. Yeah. To help humanity. You know. And it was up to us, the common people. To come up with that You know There were planes landing In San Juan With supplies And nobody knew Where the stuff went Yeah You know And people Politicians Were giving out To their people Yeah And it's like No man That's not how you do things This is a crisis People are dying There were people There were There were senior citizens That they found them Living in their little shacks And And a friend of mine found this very old lady and she said, oh yeah, man, it was raining a lot and the wind was, like she had no clue. that it, and, and she lived by herself and she said she had not eaten in a week or something like that. They bought her food, they bought her clothes, they bought her water, they fixed up the roofs of her house, you know? And so, you know, when you hear these stories and, you're grateful that there are good people, yeah, that will look out for people. But at the same time, it's that of the corruption and how people handle a mass catastrophe, yeah, and and how ill prepared they are and not forward thinking, you know. So, yeah, I, if I could change
0: that, I would. I would love to. I know that you again. You you have a, a a big heart. What what do you, what do you like to do currently to like help others? Whether it's give advice, um... Any, anything
1: that I can do, man. You know, it's like anything from from giving out food to giving out clothes to to giving a hug. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because people need need everything, even yeah, hugs. Man. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, any, any anything that I can do, you know. Yeah. I can't do everything, obviously. Right. But oh, I give the people the time of day. Listen, even if it's like uh, there was a FedEx guy in the lobby of the hotel, and he saw me, he said, "Oh man, can I get a come on and take a picture?" I know that impacted that person. Yep. And not so much the picture. But I took the time. Yeah. You know. That's really important when you're a person in this position yeah you know these days you're you're you're
0: very very busy uh i see you on uh on on the news new shows new projects coming up uh but before or or in in the 37 year journey that you've had in in this industry have you ever thought of quitting were you ever like i'm done
1: um honestly yes, I, I have my moments you know yeah but i think some of that was maybe due to uh depression maybe it was due to um not feeling respected in the industry you know but i i kept going yeah Uh, It's funny because Last year You know we were just kind of coming out of the pandemic Last year In May I'm over here thinking okay and this is my age And I'm vested I may collect my pension I could live off this You know I I was thinking that the next day The phone rang And Mano I have not Stopped working since that Thought came across my mind you know, and in that time, I did a movie with Forrest Whitaker and Tom Hardy I did Wednesdays yep the adam family i did uh I did a movie uh called Looney Tunes versus coyote versus Acme uh John Cena Yep. in that movie um I just finished doing a movie with Adam Sandler. Uh, I just doing, finished doing a movie with called Story Avenue. Uh, I did, I, I probably, and the funny thing is, like two nights ago, so Lou, how many projects have you done within the last 12 months? It was like, Gonyo, man, I think I've done like nine or ten projects. Wow. You know? Wow. You know what I mean? And so I said, wow. So, yeah, and, you know, just to go back real quick to doing Wednesdays and and, and playing Gomez, one thing that you come across in this universe of social media, yep. you come across the people that love you, you know, that praise you, that support you, and then you also come across the haters. Yep. And so, you know, people ask me, so how do you handle that? I don't really give much thought to haters because the only my only response to a hater would be if you can do what I do then maybe you might have a point but you don't <laughs> but but no not even that like you can't do what I do right you can't do what I do you know um I'm honored, I'm pleased to play Gomez, to step into those shoes. I would never think that I was trying to duplicate what Raul Julia did, because in all due respect, I love that man. I got the first Raul Julia award ever in Puerto Rico. Um, I'm thankful to Tim Burton for giving me the opportunity. For picking me. You know. I'm thankful to Jenna Ortega. For being the strong woman that she is. The talented woman that she is. For doing this role. I'm thankful to Catherine Zeta-Jones. Who was so wonderful to work with. I learned a lot from her. You know. And... um You know, I'm just thankful to all the people that show me love and respect, you know. And like I say, you know, anybody else and they think to the contrary. I don't got space for that in me.
0: I love the the Adams Family Wednesday series uh, that's going to be dropping soon because it's it's a great representation of Latinidad. And like you said, it's it's. And even this show too—it's—it's it's Latinos to the world, you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, there's Latinos. It's for everybody. It's for general market. It's—it's it's, right. It's us doing things that just
1: connects to, and not to and with everyone. Yeah, cause let me ask you this: you have all these talk shows on network TV, on network TV. At least tell me one That there is a Latino host And that's really promoted By the networks You know because It's not good enough To have Latin channels But What's up with the mainstream Are we not part of the mainstream We should be part of the mainstream Yeah Because we are the ones that keep The entertainment Industry going yep we pay money, good money to see movies. We take our family, we take our kids. we're buying popcorn, you know so
0: that's where we are. We're the top paying consumer and we're the most loyal
1: consumer that's right that's right
0: and and uh i, I going, going back to to wednesday it's uh it's it's it, it is a show where we have Latinos. But everyone's going to watch And everyone's going to enjoy Oh yeah, I
1: mean listen man The Addams Family is iconic It's beautiful Um, It's an awesome, crazy Dysfunctional, loving Family And (laughs) it works Yeah. And again, because it's something that I grew up with Watching a kid I can't say how honored I am How proud I am How humble I am How much I pinch myself every day To say, wow papi Look what you just did. Yeah. You know? And, and again, I'm just a living proof, man, to any, any person that sees this, any little kid, anybody that's aspiring to do whatever you do, that I'm living proof that anything is possible. You're living proof that anything is possible. These guys right here are living proof that anything is possible. You just have to really pursue it. Pursue it. Go into it with the right attitude, step into the unknown, which is scary sometimes and it should be yeah, it should be because that's what's going to give you that self-confidence to move forward, that's what's going to give you that self-esteem to believe in yourself because you're absolutely right. The unknown, you know it was it was Wanda de Jesus. Who told me that. Wow. You know, if you don't go beyond those bushes, you never going to know what's on the other side. You know, and it's true. It's true. You got to be willing to take a walk in the woods to see what's in there. Yep. And know that it's okay. You're going to walk out of there a better person.
0: Yeah. I know you were also, thank you for sharing that, by the way. That's, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, beautiful to, to hear from, from you, and I appreciate that the team appreciates that too, man. And uh, you said you're a living proof, but you're also you're, you're a living inspiration and, and motivation, Luis. Uh, I want to talk about something I just saw recently is, is Poker Face.
1: Right. What can you tell me about Poker Face? Oh, yeah. Well, Poker Face, I played this guy who is the head of archives. For like a motion picture, kind of company, and and I run the archives, and uh, I got to work um uh, with Natasha, uh, Leon, mm-hmm. who I ab- I'm a fanboy of Orange Is the New Black, and when I found out that she not only wrote it but she directed and starred in the episode, yeah, and we were, and like my first day, I said, "Girl, you just gotta know." I am a fanboy. I thought you were like the most dangerous character in that show, yeah, even though like you're a little wimp and stuff like that, but yeah, you know, so I worked on that show, Nick Nolte worked on that also um um uh Cherry Jones worked on that, um, and uh it was just different, you know, it's like a mystery type of thing, and yeah, uh. You talk about
0: being a fanboy I was a fanboy Am Of of how to make it in America Yeah That was a, such a great show In my opinion Short lived uh, I was a, a big I was a big fan of Entourage And then How to make it in America Came out Like As, as Entourage was ending And I was like This is gonna be my show Rasta Monster Rasta Monster man
1: <laughs> Well you know what I mean I love doing that show Because you know, it was about dreamers, man Yeah You know, it was about dreamers and, and the hustle You know, and the ups and downs And all the different people that you run across Just trying to do the hustle and Trying to make it Yeah, and yeah. how to make it And um, it was really well written and executed And, you know, I got a chance to work with some Great people on that show You know, Victor Rasuk, Ryan Greenberg uh, uh Kit Cuddy. yeah you know uh Ian Edelman who created the show um you know uh Lake Bell you know again it was a great great cast of people and i was so proud of that yeah yeah no i, I love that show i still during the the pen, like when we were in
0: quarantine i watched that thing like 3 times front to back
1: i i'm going to tell you this that show was so good to me The writing was so good to me Yeah That they would give me the script For the next I would read it once I had it memorized Wow Because Ian Edelman Who wrote For me Captured my voice To the T Uh Having the opportunity To work With someone as beautiful As gifted Who I miss so much Uh Miriam Colon Was Who played my mom You know On the show You know That was That was great You know Um and and again, it gave us a platform. Yeah. Also, as Latinos. You know? Yep. Yep. Because here I am, you know, coming out of jail, and I'm trying to run the beverage company, and all my buddies are a bunch of knuckleheads. and stuff. <laughs> you know that one scene when we did the pop up shop. Yep. And my boy ends up shooting himself in the foot. and said, "Bro, what are you doing here with a gun?" Yeah? You know? Yeah. But that those are things that really happened yeah. You know? Those yeah. are things that really happened you yep. know. So uh I love doing that show. I was very disappointed with HBO for taking it down the way it did, but um to this day people are still asking Yeah that show. Man,
0: beautiful show. Uh Luis, before I let you go here today, we have Rapid Fire with Luis Guzmán. Are you ready for that? Bring it <laughs> A million dollars or a million followers? A million more dollars or a million more followers? A million dollars Favorite Spanish word? Cariño Cariño I love that Like love one Right? Salsa or merengue?
1: Salsa Favorite Latino food dish? A con penil and gandules And a slice of aguacate Oof.
0: Best song to play at a party A favorite song that you love to play So many
1: um, Man this is rapid fire But I got a million songs in my head uh, Favorite song to play We are family I love it I love it
0: Greatest singer of all time. Danny Rivera. Greatest rapper of all time. Curtis Blow. Oof. Legend. Favorite piece of tech, of technology that you
1: use? iPhone. Now your air fryer? Not the air fryer, baby You didn't ask what I like to cook with Someone has said that, you know, believe it or not um, Yeah, okay, air fryer
0: <laughs> I love that Lastly, what's a nickname of yours that no one really knows about?
1: They all know my nickname Papi, Papi Chulo Louie Lou, Louis Love Luisito Cabrón, I don't think they know that one. <laughs> well, Louis Lou,
0: I want to thank you for coming. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, brother. This was really special. and Thank you for the good, wonderful questions. You know, and you keep doing your thing, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody give it up for Luis Guzman.
0: Thank you, Luis. And thank you so much for listening and watching Mondo and Friends presented by... Verizon.